await no longer greatness has arrived welcome to the trophy room a playstation podcast made by the players for the players where each and every thursday me and my best friend kyle talk about the latest and greatest in all things playstation and without further ado the greatest co-host whoever is whoever will be mr kyle stevenson how are you sir i'm doing great joe how are you doing sir i'm doing good man it's what is it like the week now technically after e3 yeah right? wow yes, yes. It seems oh, forever ago, God. but good God. It's oh, thank week. God. <laughs> Alongside us, <laughs> our very special guest, Derek, from SGDC. How are you, sir? SDGC. We did SDGC. it again. SDGC. <laughs> the acronym is like it's hard because you have three it different is. e sounds all together it's super deformed games cast if that makes life there any easier go. um but there yeah none of us use the full name anymore so it's just an acronym that means nothing to people so yeah it's, it's all good dude john <laughs> mr negative still screws that yeah. up from time to time and he's the guy who started the show so so please do not feel bad <laughs> all right good good now i love your your guys content over there it's an amazing show. I always try to listen to it live when I can. Yeah, we see you guys um, in, in, in chat a lot, and uh, much appreciation. Of course, of course. So with that, um, it's Pride Month, so we want to bring in LGBTQ plus uh, content creators to the, sh- to the show so that you get to see a more variety on YouTube or on your podcast feed because you just don't get to see too many LGBTQ creators here. So with that, Derek, thank you so much for coming aboard, man. Yeah, and thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me on. Um, I mean, I think it's 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 really cool and really important, um, you know, to put that that spotlight on LGBT people. Um, I will say that I think you'd be surprised probably how many people around you um, in the industry and in your life are queer that you maybe don't realize are, um, because obviously we're not all walking around with big sign floating over our head that says that. Um, You know, uh, we may be in the closet with ourselves. We may be in the closet to society. We may be out, but not like openly broadcasting. It's the kind of thing where, you know, if you didn't see somebody on a date with someone of the same gender that you would go, oh, well, then they're they're queer. And of course you get people like me who are bisexual or pansexual. And like, I'm in a long-term relationship with a woman and, um, you know, most people would never know that I am queer, but like I am. And there are people, um, you know, who would greatly dislike me because of that. Um, and it's, yeah. just, it's still the way that I am. I'm still attracted to people of all genders. So, um, mm. you know, it's, it's silly. It's such a little thing, but you know, yeah, like it, it matters. Is it is. Yeah. yeah. It's still you important. know, like, yeah. Like my, one of my best friends, uh, they're trans and that's what got my eyes open to the whole movement was like, before I was so just closed off from it. Yeah. I was just like, like, Oh, it's weird. And then like, once they came out to me, I was just like, oh, no, no. Like, once you have people come out to you, it becomes much more real and much more yep. important. And once so, It's different yeah. when you don't have anybody who's immediately in your group. You know, like, you can even be supportive, but you're yeah. kind of passively supportive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then either you make a friend that you find out is, is queer or trans or it's, you know, you find out that about somebody who's already in your group. And then suddenly that becomes an intensely personal issue for you uh, because you realize, like, no, 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 this hits very close to home. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think as we move forward, um, one of the the brightest things I can say about um, phobia towards the LGBT community is that more and more people are coming out um, and more and more people are more open about it and more and more people live with somebody in their circles who is LGBT 
Um, mm-hmm. And once you're exposed to that, you can't really be, you can't be a homophobe if, you know, one of your best friends is gay, right? Like, it doesn't really yeah. work out that way. Yeah. I mean, you can, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, like, it's really hard to, I guess I should yeah. say. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to just, like, fucking hate people, like, yeah. you know? Really you would like, think... Unless Alex Jones, yeah. it's really difficult for me to just go, Turn oh, the friggin' frog's gay. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, every single show we start off before we talk about the news, before we talk about Final Fantasy VII, the PlayStation 5 stronger than the Xbox, who knows what they're going to call it. We got to talk about what we've been playing. Kyle? Yeah. You've been holding out on me for weeks. I have. You've been like, oh, I'm too busy. And I had to make sure, like, before we went live, like, Joe, are you going to restrict what I talk about? Because I played a lot since last week. Start it off. What sure. have you been playing? Uh, so the first one I want to talk about is a VR game that I wanted to talk about last week, but I didn't have the money to get. Was uh, Trover Saves the Universe, um, which How is the next it? game from Justin Roiland, who's the creator of Rick and Morty. Um, if you like that type of humor, this game is for you. Um, something it. I do appreciate because I do have nieces um, that sometimes like to watch me play games. Uh, they yeah. give you an option of if you want to play it censored or just straight up like he was intended um, oh that's awesome it's, it's so like, really, do they do it, they like bleep out words i, I didn't like, i did just... not tr- i didn't do censored because oh, i would God. wait till they went to bed just because <laughs> i like the the humor of the non-censored version but i love that it yeah. is giving me that option um and man it is super funny if you like that type of humor um, I like the way that it uses VR in a platforming way. It, you basically this uh, they're called chair orpians and you play okay. as a chair orpian who's stuck in a chair and can only rotate like in 90 degrees. So that's how you see around you. Um, and you move by teleporting uh, by controlling Trover, who is like the main character of the game. Yeah. Um, you bring him to different telepods and you teleport to the pods based where when he touches it. Um, and there's huh. some like cool upgrades. You got to find like these little green babies that. He, Basically, Trover uses his drugs. Like it's, it is a crazy over the top like, game. Like, like his his power ups, he sticks things in his eyes. Oh well, those are just how he sees. But when he gets a new power up, he takes one out, and then it eats okay. the other new power up, and then the color changes, and he puts it back into his eye hole. It's a weird game. The humor's great, though. Um, that sounds like Justin. It does. It <laughs> totally sounds like Justin. All I heard was doing Once babies said, like drugs, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah. What's her green power or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's great. It's an easy platinum. I platinumed it. It is. It, it is a. Fun, it's a really fun game. I, I would definitely say check it out. You already platinum? How yeah, long is this man. game? Uh, it, it, will, it probably will take you maybe ten hours to platinum if you really want to. Okay. The hardest one is huh. like you have to score a hundred baskets with with paper. Like, there's a basketball thing in your telepo- telepod. Thing. Oh, God. They did the bad. same shit in Blood and Truth. It's, I hate, I hate that. Um, They've still not figured out the physics. What yeah. else have you been playing? Uh, as the resident uh, huge Borderlands fan here on the trophy yeah. room, Joe yeah. has never played yeah. it. How dare you? Never have. Um, never will. When they announced last week at E3 that there's going to be DLC that bridges the gap from two to three, I was all for it. So I played that one. Um, okay. I'm trying to remember the full title. It's something about saving Sanctuary or the fight for Sanctuary. I, I'm pretty sure, um, and it's it's great. Like it, it's fun yeah. to dive back into Borderlands Two. I haven't played that in forever. Do you see where the story's going from the second oh, they, to the third one? Now they perfectly? set it up really really well, um, oh, and I do God. feel really prepared to go into three. Um, a lot of yeah. characters uh, in two get great send offs. A lot of characters come back and. Um, it's a nice little bow on what Borderlands 2 is and it really preps you into what 3 is going to be and I can't wait for September Um, what's the last game you've been playing 
Uh, the last game I said a couple weeks ago, uh, this summer, I'm making it the summer of The Witcher 3. And today, I finally played maybe four hours of it for the first time. And yeah. I, I'm an idiot for not playing it sooner. Like, I, I the mo- like an hour in, I was like, oh, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. And my favorite thing is, like, I'm not even doing the main quest. I'm finding all these side things. And each side quest is so fleshed out. Like, it boggles my mind how Dude. deep this game is. And I'm only, like, four hours in. Like it's wait till you, wait till you get the get wait till you get to the Baron, because that's where yeah. that's one of my favorite quests just ever. Yeah, I, so freaking good. I, Witcher yeah. three. Amazing. I'm in awe, oh. and like I was already psyched for Cyberpunk, but yeah, if it's now anywhere even just... close to like this kind of level of detail, like yes, give it to me. Yeah. yeah. Derek, what have you been playing, man? So I've been playing for the last little bit here. Um, the everyone in SDGC has fallen hard into Final Fantasy fourteen again. I guess there's some longtime players and some of us, yeah. like me and John, where it's, it's really our first time. Um, so I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV. I've fallen in hard. Um, I'm very appreciative Dude, of the Dude, it's fact. a good game. It is. It's really good. Uh, I don't really yeah. play MMOs, um, mm-hmm. but I'm really Same. into it. Um, I'm leveling up quickly, which is a good feeling um, that I'm not... I don't feel like I'm having to grind as bad as, as you know all the stories told me I would. Um, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan in general, so I appreciate a lot of the... Same. Um, yeah, yeah. I appreciate all of the, you know, the music and the trappings and the aesthetic of Final Fantasy in there. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun there. I'm really appreciating the fact that you've got cross-play between PC and PlayStation 4 because, you know, we play on different systems, so... Yeah. Um, now that there's a new expansion coming out because I know yeah Shadowbringers like, is in uh, just a couple Shadow weeks Bringer, here yeah. I think it's uh, beginning of July because how I know it's coming out is there's a there's a hilarious commercial with um, Hannibal Barris and uh, yes Holland. and Tom Holland Tom Holland yep yeah. dude great I'm like I'm just like damn like they know how to like I'm not even interested but now I'm interested you know yeah um, yeah oh god but uh, so I've been playing game. Final Fantasy fourteen kind of in preparation for Shadowbringers because my thought process was if if I, I really fall into it then when Shadowbringers comes out I'll buy like the instant level up pass for a character get max level and then that way I'm not I can literally just burn through story missions and get to the the dungeons and raids that, that everyone says is the stuff that you really got to be into um, yeah. that and then of course the other day Bloodstained finally released uh, and I was a Kickstarter backer so uh, very how much excited. did you put down? I put how down 60 bucks um, okay. I put down right. full grown game monies on it because I, I I trust in my boy Iga, um, <laughs> and uh, I've been I've been very happy with it so far. Uh, nice. I've been tremendously right. pleased with Bloodstained. I think it's lacking a little visual polish, especially in regards to the like the menus can sometimes feel a little cheap, like a little bit like Xbox mm-hmm. Live Arcade, Xbox 360 mm. era. Like um, in terms of their, there's very little. Like transitional animation, sound effects. It's a little, okay. but like the game itself is a blast to play. It feels good. I can tell this game's gonna be packed with content and packed with things to do. Um, and it just feels like he never went away. So it's 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 really I, good. I, I can't believe it's finally here because like, I know I, it's been like four I years. I played it at hell. New York Comic Con two years ago. Yeah, oh and God. it's it's and that was like already when it's been announced for even like a year or two at that point. Yeah, like it's it's crazy. I've been getting the E three builds, you know, codes yeah. for the E three mm-hmm. demo builds um, that I've been playing, and, and and I got a chance to play it at PAX East earlier this year. Um, but man, just yeah, 
Full game. I bought it. So good. I bought it just uh, like right before the show started. So once I'm done here and once I'm done editing the podcast, whatever, I'm going to be putting it in my PlayStation. I can't wait. Yeah. I, everybody's just singing its high praises. I've never played a Castlevania game. Whoa, this is really? Be my first one. Yeah, this yep, is, yep. Well, this is going to give you a reason to go back and play. Yep. If because if you like this, yeah. you need to play pretty much all of the Symphony of the Night onward era Castlevanias. Are because all here's the good. thing, Derek. We were talking a little bit before the show. That was in in in, in the '90s, where my mom her biggest fear was Diablo. Right, and right, so, <laughs> right. So she would not let me touch that. Because Never mind that you're the guy killing the vampires and the werewolves and the demons. She doesn't care. The, right, it looks right, scary. No. And she doesn't want it. Yeah, we've all heard I've been that playing story. A little game. <laughs> oh God, have we? We've been playing a little game. Uh, me and Luke Lore from the Xbox Drive called World War Z. Holy Mother of God. This game should not be anywhere near as fun as it is. Just, I'm going to just sit you down. I'm going to tell you a quick little tale. Do you miss Left 4 Dead? Yeah, of course. Yeah. More than anything in the world, it's, it's Left 4 Dead. Third person shooter, uh, but there's hordes of zombies. And I mean hordes. Like, there's rivers. There's a there's the first episode, because it's in episodes, just like in Left 4 Dead. Um, you're in like a... a, a God, can we say a skyscraper? It could be a mall, but it's a skyscraper. And all of a sudden, you just see out the window, they're like, a horde's coming. And you see just Main Street fill up with hordes of zombies. And they're running over buses. You're seeing bodies just fly out of buildings just to reach you. And I was just like, holy crap. And then it kind of becomes like a tower defense-esque game where you're trying to stop these horde of zombies from just overflowing you and just... God, it's brutal. It's and they so do much the wall fun. climb thing too from the movie. They do the wall yeah. climb thing. That's what a lot of like a lot of missions. It's like okay, get from objective A to objective B, kill all the zombies you see. Now once you're at objective B, here's the horde mode that you have to defeat. And then it's like turn on this power plant. Then it's like the finale where there's a huge horde coming and you have to defeat them. It's hundreds, hundreds of, of enemies on screen, and there's no frame rate drops ever like it's pretty solid for a little indie game i'm super impressed by it so there you go that's what we've been playing this week and with that kyle yeah let's get to the stories the news because every time there's a rumor every time there's a new bit of hot gasp but we call them here goobers that's right kyle what's the first goober for the us? first goober comes from dalton cooper over at game rent elon elon musk quote, deletes, unquote, Twitter account over near Automata fan art. Uh, the issue was that Elon Musk, CEO of Tesla, an overall creepy looking dude, tweeted the fan illustration to his 27 million me. followers with just the caption to be and no credit for the artist. When someone told him he should credit the artist, he replied, no. Musk added that any fool can find out who the artist was in seconds and that the act of crediting artists is destroying the medium of Twitter. He later deleted those tweets, as well as the original tweet containing the artwork. Musk's refusal to post credit generated a wave of support from Mili Magali, the French artist and game designer who created the piece. Let me tell you something. First off, great on you for the names. All right? Oh, thank you. You killed it. I would not have gotten Magali out of that. Congratulations. And you can now finally see what type of news week this is going to be. Yeah. It's pretty dry. <laughs> You might have thought E3 just happened last week. Uh, but I want to make this a point, a little bit of a bad bit rant. 
Oh boy. Um, this happens a lot on YouTube. Oh God, yes. Buckle in. This happens a lot on YouTube and a lot of podcasts. Please, 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 for the love of God, we need to do better at it here at the Trophy Room. So I'm not trying to stand up on my pedestal. But I saw this story and I was just thinking to myself, we do the same shit every week, right? Like there's an article from somewhere. We'll say, yeah, we got this from Push Square, but we never credit Mm -hmm. the author writing it. And so what we're going to do starting here on out is not only are we going to tell you where we got the article from, we're going to tell you who we got it from. It's really important that we make sure that we credit the person writing it, doing the hard work, so that we can editorialize it later. That's all I got for you guys. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Thank you, thank you. So with that, on to the next story. Really quick, is is he still have the black picture? And is he still on Twitter? Or did it finally... You know what? Well, you know he's not deleting his Twitter. He likes attention too much. Exactly. No. Here's the thing. Here's why... Okay, after I say all that... But here's the thing. After I say all that about Elon, here's why I'm on his side. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> he is one. Listen, he is one argument away from creating the death bot that's going to kill us all. <laughs> okay. So this is less a matter of whether or not he's right. It's more a matter of being on on the side of the kid who might shoot up the school. Like you just want to not be one of the people. <laughs> Listen, I'm on the side of Skynet on this. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. just like. I think he's a robot. He says, like, I, I sleep for an hour. And I'm like, well, that's not how normal people function. Yeah, that's probably he why his to... fucking brain has holes in it like Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that, he, that he thinks that that crediting the artists of, of fan art is what's destroying Twitter yeah. and not, you know, Nazis running <laughs> yeah. fucking rampant. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not you gotta Alex You got to get more than an hour of sleep a night, bud, because that's fucking your brain up. That's, that's, that's it right there. That's the problem you got. That and the, the drugs, the hard drugs, like those two things are not a good combination for stability. God my damn, boy. Derek! You know what, man? This is the best choice of having you on. <laughs> Jesus, amazing! Let's get to the next scooper. Uh, the next scooper was written by Stephen Tailby from Push Square. Dreams Early Access now has over a hundred thousand users on PS4. It's been pointed out on Reddit that there are now at least 100,000 people playing Dreams because everyone starts the game following one creator, MM Dreams Queen, what a Media Molecule's official accounts. This user at the time of writing has 100,351 followers, which translates roughly to the number of creators enjoying the title. The figure isn't perfect, as you can quite easily unfollow the account if you wish, but that means the number will only be bigger than the one displayed on MM Dream Queen's profile page. So, Dreams came out early access in April, mm-hmm. has over 100,000 people on it. Derek, I got a, a question for you. Is this a good pace for the game? Because it's been in development for years. Should um, it be higher, or do you think it's at a good pace right now? This this is where it gets tricky, um, yeah. because I think we like to think... it's It's very easy for us to want to think in terms of how many X million copies were sold, um... You know, which even that is not always the best indication of a game's success, uh, because yeah. we've seen Ubisoft, for example, is really good at taking games with like service type games with really bad launches and turning them around into long term, mm-hmm. very financially successful games that also make the user base very happy. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where it gets tricky. I think Dreams, we know it's been in development for a very long time. Media Molecule, it's also not a very big team. Like they're they're not a massive AAA development kind of studio, um, so it's not gonna 
costs a year's worth of development time on something like Dreams may not cost a fraction what a year's worth of development time on The Last of Us 2 cost. So yeah. you got to think about that. You got to think about the fact that this is a game that is kind of niche in its concept. Like this is not going to appeal to the same mass audience that something like The Last of Us 2 would. Um, and Sony presumably knows that. Sony, when they greenlit the project, would have known you know, to budget it a little lower and expect fewer people buying in. Um, you also got to think it's early access. There's a lot of people out there who don't fucks with early access. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm the, I'm that type of guy, man. Yeah, like, I, I don't I, necessarily. I don't. I I jump finally in. broke down on early access for the first time ever, um, about a month ago for Risk of Rain two. It's the only time I've done that. Um, like, this is a lot of people like me who don't do early access games, and to them, they're waiting for dreams to like come out. You know, and wait for like a disc to be on the shelf at their local Best Buy or Target or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. Uh, but with that no. said, a hundred thousand that's a that's a healthy community. You know, I've yeah, seen yeah. some really impressive stuff get made, and to me, I think that's what matters. Is is there a healthy enough community to keep generating content? Because the user generated content is what's going to keep dreams alive, mm-hmm. and yeah. and and staying at about a hundred thousand is is a good sign for this early in an early access title's life, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Kyle, what do you, you, you see? You seem like you're about to say something. Oh, say yeah. it. Well, I, 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 <laughs> just say it. Uh, yeah, I, I think those numbers are great for Dreams. Um, yeah. Like Derek mentioned, it is early access. People don't usually uh, go for that. And on the other side of that is how many people know Dreams is out in some fa- form or fashion? Like, we do because we are... We know the news. We we do podcasts. We're in the thick of it. But uh, yeah. how many mom or dads or teens who go to GameStop or Best Buy to buy games? No dreams is out. Not exactly. Yeah, it's a PlayStation. Yeah, it's yeah. exactly. It hasn't even been marketed like uh, for YouTube trailers or or, or yeah. commercials on TV or billboards. Like it, it hasn't really been doing that. So I think for over a hundred thousand people with. Um, with like a with early access where it hasn't been widely put out there, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's been. I think like Destiny just pulled in a million concurrent players, and they're just touting that as a huge success for the company. Mm-hmm. And when you think of like Destiny, you you kind of think to, in your head like, oh, it's a huge AAA game. There, like my my way of thinking is, oh, there must always be a million people because it's destiny. They always market it like crazy. It's everywhere. It's in the Google Stadia Connect. Like it's genuinely in most places. And so seeing Dreams, which is like just a month or two months after its very early access launch, over a hundred thousand people, awesome. And yeah. also seeing it on Twitch on the front page, I saw it a few times uh, last week at around like seven thousand people watching. I think it was like one of the numbers I saw. It's like it's not breaking down the barriers of Twitch or anything like like Apex Legends did at its launch, but it's doing really well for itself. So I'm super happy for this. Derek, are you going to jump in on Dreams? Is this something that you're interested in? I always want to like gauge. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. I think when we'll see what it looks like when we hit final version. Right or whatever, yeah. whenever they want to call it their 1.0, um, which I realize is an increasingly arbitrary uh, distinction to make with these early access titles. 
um, especially given that so many games get released as live service games where they're basically launching where 1.0 is incomplete anyway. Um, they're launching at like 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not really good at generating content. Like you give me a stage builder or something like that. I'm usually not very, very creative at coming up what to do with those kind of in-game tools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was never, I liked, let me put it this way, little big planet. I liked seeing what other people made. Um, I didn't yeah. upload anything and certainly anything I did was not a banger. So, yeah. um, you know, I might, but admittedly mm-hmm. my backlog is long and there's a lot of games God. coming over the next couple of months mm-hmm. and especially like March of next year is going to be the apocalypse. So Dude, don't even tell you know. I get a panic attack just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm I'm right on the verge of getting it. I just need more of that wampum because yeah, like I'm looking at September is going to be a huge month for me. October, my god, I can't. November is a horror show. And then it's like I got to recoup for March, which is like Final Fantasy, Watch Dogs, Animal Crossing maybe. Cyberpunk uh, or else Bobby's going to cry. So Cyberpunk. Much. Jesus, it's just like <laughs> I'm a big Monster so Hunter fan, content. so like Iceborne, yeah. when mm. that hits, is going to be another God knows Oof. how many hours. I mean, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> a brutal couple months coming up ahead. It's, yeah. Oh my God. So I just don't uh, know. Dreams is is cool, but for me on an individual <laughs> level, maybe doesn't appeal strongly enough that it pushes ahead of the backlog. Mm-hmm. So. I was about to say, all right, enough of this talk because I'm getting a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, on to the next scuber, sir. The next scuber comes from Anthony Taormina over at Game Rant. PS5 is definitely more powerful than Xbox Project Scarlet, according to DevKit users. Earlier this week, a rumor surfaced that suggested the upcoming PlayStation 5 was more powerful than Microsoft's recently unveiled next-gen Xbox console, codenamed Project Scarlet. It was enough to generate a lot of buzz around E3, even if the power of a console rarely correlates to its success. Now, an additional source claims that they have heard similar rumblings about the power of the PS5 compared to the next Xbox. According to former IGN editor Colin Moriarty, the PS5 is definitely more powerful than Project Scarlet. Moriarty made the claim on his podcast, Sacred Symbols, while talking about the prior rumor from Game Informer's Andrew Reiner. But unlike Reiner, Moriarty elaborated a little further by saying that this information comes from developers working with both consoles' dev kits. Apparently, when working with both, the developers found the PS5 to be more powerful. This kind of seems like, I mean, we kind of touched on it last week. With E3, when we were talking about the power of the consoles, um, you know, uh, Andrew Reiner, who is a fantastic freaking journalist, kind of just like, he, he just put it on Twitter, like, PS5 is more powerful than the Xbox. And then just like, let Twitter go haywire. <laughs> Drop the it. match, let yeah. it burn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. You take a sip like, of a drink by the pool and just relax. Oh, <laughs> he knew. It was just like, all right, let me light this cigarette and let me toss it into this kerosene. Um I I saw, like, a lot of people, it's not just, like, Colin jumping on the bandwagon of, like, I've heard things. Yeah. I was, like, listening to a podcast because I wanted to torture myself, where, like, people were, like, these guys were sitting down, they're like, I heard things about the next Xbox, and actually, it's more powerful. Are we already starting to get into the who... Who's is bigger? Yeah. Like, argument? Oh, no, that was gonna happen almost immediately. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, super happy that Colin decided to crawl out of his pile of radioactive sludge to <laughs> to say that the developers had worked with both 
Um, yeah. You know when they when they said the PS5 was more powerful, I otherwise would have had to assume that developers only used one and were just making the assumption. So great elaboration <laughs> there, buddy. Amen. Um, but uh, so here's my thing about the power conversation. Um, yeah. I'm inclined to trust Reiner with what he has to say. Um, I think a we don't really know how big the gap in power is between the two. I think yeah. that's important to note. Um, so that's my A. My B is that both of these systems are going to be a pretty significant jump, it sounds like, over what we've got now in terms of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. So we're all winning out in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. And I think C, like if you're if you're a PlayStation fan, if you've got a PlayStation 4, I, let me expand more broadly to just say, yeah. if you have a PlayStation 4 and you were curious about the PlayStation 5, um, backwards compatibility and performance improvements to PS4 games was a way bigger bombshell for me. Yeah. Um, because that yeah. means that if you own, like, I have a PlayStation 4, I love my PlayStation 4, when the PlayStation 5 comes out, I'm going to be able to just trade my PS4 in for my 5, mm-hmm. keep all my games, you know, re-sign into my profile and re-download all my cloud saves, put it in the same spot on the Entertainment Center, and be done with it. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. and that's... That, I think, is so important that even if the Xbox One Orange, whatever the fuck they want to call it, um, you know, because it's going to be... We, we've we've gone through letters, numbers, colors is obviously next. Um, yeah, yeah. But Scarlet, I'm expecting, you know, like, a subtitle. Just point. Xbox The Return or something like that. <laughs> Xbox Revengeance. There but, you go. Um, but, In the uh, theater near you. When, even if that ends up... Whether that ends up being more powerful or not, like... If if I'm a PlayStation fan, and I'm yeah. I've been invested in the PlayStation platform for a long time, um, that's not going to be enough to make me want to jump ship, because I'm going to get to keep my whole ec- ecosystem mm-hmm. moved forward to the PlayStation Five anyway. So like, you know, yeah. maybe you got a couple more of them them Giga Floops, but like, you know, you got a few more of them Giga Floops, but you know, it don't <laughs> well, matter because I can it keep my Monster Hunter. I keep my Monster Hunter world, and I keep my save, <laughs> and I keep playing. I'm, like I never got PS4 Pro, so now I'm just I'm, I'm gonna leave the Kentucky behind. But like <laughs> I never got a PS4 Pro, so when I pick up yeah. a PS5, there's a lot oh of people like me who did not. We're gonna get You're to skip straight to having jump. a PS4 Pro and a PS5 yep. in one. So yeah, that's so nuts. that's nuts. Kyle, be, I go, I'll take this to you, man. Yeah, I want I want does does power necessarily even matter? To me, it absolutely doesn't. I want to hear what you have to yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. Like, as long as yeah. I get to play these amazing PlayStation experiences, that's what I'm in for. I think yeah. that's at the end of the day. The, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna put this out there. The real same. gamers, that's all that matters. Is about the experiences yeah. you play. Who cares if it's more powerful? Leave that for your, the PC clan, and, and just like mm-hmm. enjoy the games you want to play. And like when you asked Dirt the question before, like. It's just the start of the arguing. Like, it started during the Xbox conference when yeah. they were doing the Scarlet thing. Like, oh, we already heard about that in the PS5 Wired article. Yeah. And we yeah. just kind of matched saw up me the... taking shots. Exactly. Because, like, they're, they're, wa- they're walking in and they're just like, no yeah. loads, times, no this, that. I'm like, this is a PlayStation 5. I read that Are a couple we weeks the right ago. conference? Yeah. It yeah, just... like, it was, no, but it, it was weird. End of the but, day, like, power, from... yeah. power is Sorry. going to be bottom of my list of what I want from a new console. I want to be able to play the same games. I want to be able to just the little quality of life improvements, like the faster load times. That's what's getting me excited. Yeah. On addition of playing all these games that I already own already. I think when it comes to this next generation, 
I think Derek, you touched on it and Kyle, you touched on it too, is it's about retaining the ecosystem. It's about, hey, look at, remember all the things that makes us great? Well, you could still play Spider-Man. You could still play God of War. You could still play Uncharted, Last of Us, whatever have you. Now you could play them a little better, right? And you could keep your games. You don't have to trade all of them in to go afford this bigger, better box. Everything's just going to come and carry on with you. And I think... That is such a stronger argument than saying, hey, our thing is more powerful than the Xbox, whatever, the, the next box, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's a stronger argument because I would much, you know, there's there's no chance I'm going to switch to a Scarlet, right? Let's all be, be uh, Benjamin Franklin about it. There's just no way because I love the experiences I get from PlayStation. So I'm just going to stay here. Mm -hmm. And I think when we look at, like, does power mean success? I don't think it does. I mean, we saw with the Xbox One X. Sure, Xbox rebounded a bit, but it wasn't traumatic. And, yeah, like, we saw with the PlayStation 3. Much powerful console. But, again, the price tag killed it. And when you look at the Nintendo Switch, if, if power means anything... That thing should be flopping, and it's doing really, really mm -hmm. well so far. So I don't think, you know, I think we're going to be, as this year goes on, we're going to be stuck in the, the yeah, the gigaflops, the teraflops, and we're not really going to even know what this means. Like, again, I was watching an Xbox show because I want to expand my mind, and, like, they were, they were in full fanboy mode of, like, well, Xbox technically uh, said they're going to have uh, ray tracing. Sony never said actually they were going to. They just said ray tracing audio. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, both consoles said they're going to have ray tracing. They're going to have ray that's tracing. Just right? wrong. Like, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's just wrong. And then they're like, well, I heard from the grapevine, and I want to get your thoughts on this. They're like, Xbox is actually not focused on the ray tracing so much. They're going to focus on the physics. That's what they're going to really nail down. So my question to you, I'm going to start with Kyle, yeah. is does does all these people, like let's just say, like Andrew Reiner th threw that out there, right? Kyle Moore already added, added fire to the flame. And now we're going to get all these little people that want to get that, you know, that SEO tag. Do you think these rumors hurt? xbox or playstation like if these rumors end up not being true if the playstation isn't as powerful as the xbox one does that somehow hurt the brand i wouldn't say hurt either i, I think mm -hmm. if anything it, it builds some more excitement over playstation especially since they skipped e3 like hearing yeah. whatever xbox talked about scarlet on stage hearing that the ps5 whatever the end thing is might be powerful than what we already know of the PS5 and the Scarlet. Like, I think that leans more in favor of the unknown that is PlayStation and Sony right now. Ooh, all right. What about you, Derek? Do you think these rumors are harmful? Um, I don't think the rumors are harmful. Um, I mean, let's be real. All of the speculation and rumor mongering and the hundred page tech threads on, you know, like it would have, it would have still been NeoGAF at the time, right? That reset era yeah. wasn't until post. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I have to work my timeline out on some of that stuff. Um, <laughs> but like none of that ended up meaning anything when True. PlayStation 4 and Xbox One launched. What mattered is what they provided and how they revealed it and what they pushed with their initial push before it was out on shelves. And then there was some other stuff where like Xbox had like broadly more, um, 
reliability issues. Not like nearly as bad as 360 era, but like that hurt them on top of some already negative press. This isn't going to really matter. And I think if you want to get involved in the rumor mongering, that's that can be fun. But people need to remember not to take it too seriously because most of these people are full of shit. Um, yeah. Most of these people have no idea what they're talking about. They're parroting buzzwords that they've heard places. And then B, um, ultimately know when to back off from it because it's going to be a very toxic and very mentally straining um, constant back and forth that like yeah. we don't really need to be involved in. So like, if you want to dip in, kind of get a temperature check, see some stuff, that's cool. <laughs> but like, remember that it's not gonna matter, and this is not meaningful, and not to get emotionally invested in this stage of the pre-release. Yeah. If anything, what I would rather do is flip it around and say the fact that both Xbox and PlayStation are talking about um, solid-state-based memory. Um, they're both using Zen 2 based processors. Um, they're both talking about using, you know, having ray tracing cores in their graph custom graphics processors. Um, that means that that technology, like both fans of both should be excited because that means that yep. neither one is out on a limb. I think when you get experimental, you have to worry about that. When Sony yeah. went into the cell microprocessor and nobody oh, else in the industry <laughs> was trying to touch on that, like, that was a sign that something maybe could have been a little dangerous. And it did turn out yeah. to be a very poor choice on Sony's part to back the cell. Um, meanwhile, when Nintendo uh, repeatedly, repeatedly doubles down in weird technology nobody else is using, and it's always the most stressful thing because you have no yeah. idea how it's going to actually work out in the end. Mm -hmm. So seeing yeah. Xbox and PlayStation both beheaded basically in the same direction with the same technology... Like, that's Is good. Overall, that means stuff like ray tracing will, at least on some light level, probably be standard. Better load exactly. times will be standard. That's oh, good. Derek, you, should know, you, so much. you should know. You should know that what both companies are talking about is likely to come to pass because two competitors are going in the same direction. Exactly. I think you hit it right on the, on the head right there. Because, like, yeah, you, you take a look at what both these consoles are, and they sound so much alike, which means that when we're going to get, a let's just say, uh, Cyberpunk, just for the sake of, it's the first thing off the top of my head, that, that gets ported over to the PlayStation 5. That means that port job is going to be so much better on the Xbox next box. It's going to be practically the same. You're not going to have these, like, diminishing returns of, like, the thing I hate the most, and I know uh, our good friend Sean Capri hates it, was like in the beginning of this generation, you had the look at look at how good this game looks on mm. the PlayStation 4 in 1080p and how much this you know game looks on the Xbox and it's 900p. And you have people arguing about 100 resolutions. And you know for, what I mean? For like, most people, that wasn't meaningfully different no. unless you were no. looking for a thing to pick a fight over. Like, yeah. is one better? Yeah. Yes, but like... You know, Does these games really were good or bad one way or another, you mm -hmm. know? Exactly. And so when we get down to, like, yeah, the hardware looks the same, well, that's great. It's going to be an easier job on developers to develop these games. It really does not matter the power. And, yeah, I think even when we get down to, like, they're similar architectures. You know, like, they're yeah, like what you what you just talked about. They're like both they're Zen both 2 based from Zen AMD. 2's. So they're, they're not even, like, both, oh, x86 based processors. These are both literally from the same family mm -hmm. of, you know, they're built off the same blueprint even. So yeah. they're going to be and so like, similar. 
Yeah. And so, like, hearing this news, uh, Phil Spencer was on a giant bomb discussion. It was fantastic. You need to listen to it if you haven't. And he's just like, yeah, guys, we heard the rumors. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, we don't know what they got. We're just saying we're trying to build the best thing we got. It's cool. Like, I know as much as you do. And it is what it is. Like, I think they're both pretty much aware of what what one has over the other. And what they're doing different, I think we're going to see just minute differences of one company going in one direction and the other company going in the different direction. You know, maybe Sony's making a beefier console to focus more on like VR. Maybe, you know, Microsoft is focusing on the cloud and that's where they're kind of doing the crossroads and either way those small differences are going to mean so much you know yeah. in terms of the audiences that they capture it's awesome I, it's a way better conversation than of well i heard from this guy <laughs> in a back alley somewhere behind an e3 stage that this that and the other thing you know so with that let's see is there anything anything else you guys want to touch on when it comes to the power of playstation no like <laughs> Like when I when I when I hear the talk yeah. about power, it's for me as a gamer, I don't have a 4K TV, so it's the same thing. Like, oh, yeah. look at the 4K graphics. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. So, like, that's how I view power. You will yeah. get higher frame rates, probably. Um, and that's, that's yeah. That's I, that's nice because sure. I think like um, if you're not used to playing games in in 60 frames per second, I mean mm-hmm. it's 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 definitely not i'm not one of those people who's like oh my god you can't go back from it sure but like yeah. you know it's really nice it's really nice to be able to play oh, real talk I, no, doubt, one of those yeah, assholes. no doubt about yeah. it but i'm that i'm one of those I'm that assholes Jones to go out to get a 4k <laughs> yeah, yeah. tv or anything so like it's 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 super cool that's why i'm very happy when when the ps4 pro came yeah. out that you saw developers kind of give people options for performance versus mm-hmm. like yep. quality um you know and i'd like to believe that the same that that will continue yeah. Um, oh, I would love to see that. Of just like, hey, listen, this could do 8K, but come on, you don't have an 8K. You want you yeah. want to do all the frames instead? Sure. Because like I'm that type of guy where I, I switched from playing Destiny on PlayStation to the PC, and um, I, I made a mistake. It was a life mistake, and I regret mm-hmm. it every day. No, I don't, because it was 60 frames per second, and it was just like, oh, this is way smoother. Yeah. And then playing Forsaken on my PlayStation 4, I was just like, Ooh, okay. This takes a little getting used to, but like, yeah, like I'm right there uh, up up your alley of just like, dude. I rather the game be as smooth as possible than how how many puddles I see on the ground. Yeah, you know. Okay. That, don't, bring I, I don't bring back Puddlegate. Don't bring back Puddlegate. I will also <laughs> say, yeah, uh, one of the things that I think is exciting, talking less about power strictly and more about like features, the fact that both. PlayStation and Microsoft are focusing on ray tracing as, mm-hmm. as something that's physically um, embedded into their graphics processors. Um, that is a really good sign that ray tracing is going to become standardized, um, you know, within this next generation. And that's really good for PC players as well. Um, because mm-hmm. if you do play on PC um, right now, it's like some graphics cards can support it with their their native ray tracing cores some can't um some games support it only a couple um not many do and Mm. uh to make that a little bit more standardized across the board um you know that's that's good for everybody basically and it means that new hardware will probably continue to focus on and if you haven't seen tech demos of what ray tracing can do to existing games i mean it it made quake 2 look 10 years fresher 
you know? So I can't imagine what something like a Spider-Man, you know, I loved uh, that, that PS4 Spider-Man game. And if a successor had ray tracing baked in, I can't even fathom how beautiful that game would look. With, Dude, with no graphical improvements beyond that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, because the sunsets in that game, those horizons are just like, oh my God, injected yeah. into my veins. I need this ASAP. With that, let's get to the next goober. Kyle, what do you got for everybody? Sure, this goober comes from Colin Stevens over at IGN. Mortal Kombat 11 and Days Gone are the best selling games of May 2019. Mortal Kombat and Days Gone are the best-selling games of May 2019 in the United States. Both titles are also the best-selling games of April 2019. Mortal Kombat was not only May and April's best-selling game, but it's now the best-selling game of 2019 year-to-date, dethroning the long-running leader Kingdom Hearts 3. The NPD group notes that the second month sales of Mortal Kombat 11 are nearly double that of any other game in the Mortal Kombat franchise. Days Gone kept its spot as the second best-selling game of the month, and is now the eighth best-selling game of 2019 year-to-date. Here are the top five games in May. 1. Mortal Kombat 11 2. Days Gone 3. Total War Three Kingdoms 4. Rage 2 And number five, as always, Grand Theft Auto V. Insane. Dude, how that game... You gotta have GTA Five at this point. Who doesn't have it? I don't understand. Somebody, the, the... somebody like sacrificed a goat, <laughs> like to an a, an ancient pagan. Yeah. Like, at this point, my grandparents Celestial who have been being, gone a long time probably have a copy in their casket right now. <laughs> yeah. At this point, like we I had to get it. I, I don't like. We're gonna have we have we have NP or we have Matt Piscatella from the NPD group on pretty regularly on yeah. SCGC. He's gonna be on tomorrow to talk about npd stuff um but like grand theft auto 5 being on there every single month is just yeah. a running joke at this point yeah. like we can't yeah. stop it and it's not like it's low it's usually in the middle of the, the top 10 and yeah that yeah. it's in the top 10 at all is yeah. insane i mean it's <laughs> this game is the too fact- much old this game came out on previous generation <clears throat> consoles this is oh. not even a ps4 game <laughs> this is a ps3 game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. yeah it goes to show you also, first off, big shout out to Total War. Holy Yo, crap. Yeah, Total War Three Kingdoms is... Dude. It's exciting to see that did so well. Now, was that yep. PC only? I want to say. PC only. PC only. And it's a it's a beefy RTS. I remember trying to play that as a kid, and I, I hard-noped out of it. And again, I was a big RTS kid back in the day. Yeah. And like me noping out of an RTS is insane. I think so it's like, a good combination is... of of being. I mean, a Total War is a really big franchise, but yep. it's been kind of having a hard time finding itself for a while. Yeah. And the last couple entries, uh, my best friend is a huge Total War nerd. Um, okay. And she has, from what I understand, the last several entries have not been really up to expectations. Um, so that this just being the best total war game in a very long time. Plus that, uh, Chinese warring States period. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the whole, uh, dynasty warriors, romance of the three kingdoms kind of, of setting is very, very exciting to a lot of people. And it's very yeah. fresh. And I didn't realize that total war had not done that already. So yeah. Yeah. You know, Jesus, it feels I like such a natural always... fit. Yeah, I thought they always stuck to, like, European theaters. But the other thing that's also interesting to add, Rage 2, yeah. fourth. Like, all right. I-, I think the marketing shows off, like, it's a fun game. Yeah. And it is a fun yeah. game. There's nothing bad, I'm just, bad about I it. Thought it would be, I thought it would be, like, uh, I honestly thought it would be number one because it started off, like, I think it came out the sixth or the seventh. 
So seeing there there on fourth, okay. Let's hope let's hope we see it again in in June's MPDs. Yeah. But overall, days gone. Holy crap! Yeah. Hanging in there in second place, the eighth best selling game. It really does go to show the reviews, man, did not matter for this game. Yeah, I was it I was just... a doubter. I was a doubter for yeah. a long time. That I mean, I didn't think the game was ever going to be bad, but like. Mm-hmm. It just, it was not really clicking, and it felt a lot better when I played it at PAX East. Um, yeah. You know, which we were talking Same. about almost final version of the game at that point. But, like, you know, I, I still, I think, questioned whether or not it would really catch on. And, uh, you know, I've been chewing my mouth, right? Because it, it <laughs> turns out that people were a big fan. So, um yeah, it's really Don't good eat to your see. shoe, Derek. No, I'm not yeah. going to eat my shoe. I just put it near my face. Um, but uh, and then Mortal Kombat 11, number one. I mean, yeah. my God, it's dude. Mortal Kombat consistently kills, and uh, ah, but it's very exciting. I love that. I love how NetherRealm has treated this franchise ever since they got to like pseudo reboot it back mm-hmm. on the Xbox 360 and PS3. Um, it's very good to see it consistently do very well. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of other, as a big fighting game nerd, I think there's a lot of uh, the other big fighting game companies could learn from NetherRealm's approach right. in terms of the content yeah, I, they offer. I haven't, I haven't touched MK11, but Same. I hear nothing but solid things. It's on my shit, list though. of eventually buy. Yeah. Same thing with I still need to get Injustice 2 because I need to play that yeah. story. Yeah. Dude, I'm so bad at fighters. It's ridiculous. Oh, Kyle, yeah. let's get to the next goober say. Oh, we're in the we're in the Flash news section, Joe. Uh, oh my these gosh. are just. Well, this first one is like a, a very small uh, size mm-hmm. story. This goober comes from Michael McWhorter from Polygon. Monster Hunter World Iceborne Beta coming to PS4. Capcom is giving PS4 owners a preview of the Iceborne expansion for Monster Hunter World in a two-part beta test, the first of which kicks off this weekend on June 21st. The first Monster Hunter World Iceborne beta will be exclusive to PlayStation Plus subscribers and will run from Friday, June 21st at 3 a.m. through Monday, June 24th at 3 a.m. Pacific Time. The second beta will be open to all PS4 owners and run from Friday, June 28th at 3 a.m. Pacific through Monday, July 1st at 3 a.m. Pacific. Players do not need to own a copy of Monster Hunter World to take part. So, Derek, this one's for you, man. Yeah. Monster um, Hunter. Are you man. taking part? I don't know, because here's the thing. If I do this, it's really just going to be a tease. You know what mm. I mean? Like, mm. I know mm. I'm getting it. I'm already sold. You yeah. don't need to sell me anymore. And I think that's where most Monster Hunter fans are at this point. Like, yeah. World was the best-selling game in Capcom history, correct? Um, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Not just best in the franchise, best in Capcom's history. Like you bought this game and you played it, and you probably enjoyed it. Given um, even I feedback. played it, and yeah. I'm not a Monster Hunter guy, and I really enjoyed it. And it has a healthy, ongoing like player base. So um, I, I think the Iceborne beta maybe is there to um, try and I don't know if that's fireworks outside my house i apologize but um i know but um i think it's more to grab people who somehow managed to not get into monster hunter before um you know even with world or for people who maybe played through world yeah played through some of it most of it maybe all of the story but then just dropped it off i got a question because kyle you said you never played it yeah never played did you play world or no uh no nothing 
Okay, well, I'm shocked. <laughs> well, this beta is for you, my <laughs> exactly. friend. This beta is for you, then. And, and I, are you I, gonna I, hop on this? I, I might. Uh, I'm not gonna commit here, you know, right now. You gotta commit. You gotta uh, commit. I do yeah, appreciate no. the design of Monster Hunter, just in yeah. general. Just seeing how crazy big monsters they make is incredible. Monster Hunter is one of those things. Even if you don't play it, you can like go to a wiki and just read through the monsters, and it's like this is cool shit. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yeah, dude, awesome. I'm actually I'm gonna take part because I played Dauntless. I really enjoyed it, and so I'm gonna you know I I, I kind of though as much as I like Dauntless, I kind of didn't miss the the little uh, details of of Monster Hunter uh, world. So I'm gonna definitely jump in this. I'm, I want to give it a shot. Uh, everybody with that, else is a mere. Ooh, sorry, uh, I was just gonna say everybody else is a mere imitator of Monster Hunter. Yeah. They're first in yeah. class. You heard it here first, folks. Kyle, yeah. the next goober, say. This comes from Matt Perslow over at IGN. Final Fantasy VII Remake still has the cross-dressing sequence. Final Fantasy VII Remake will still feature the original game's infamous cross-dressing sequence, according to an interview with Square Enix conducted with Famitsu. The news comes as a slight surprise as the same Famitsu feature, via Eurogamer, Eurogamer reveals that Square Enix... No, no, Enix... no, it's Eurogamer now. Uh, <laughs> whatever. you got to keep a gangster, dude. <laughs> uh, my my gangster. mouth is not moving as fast as my voice right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Reveals that Square Enix has an ethics department, which instructed the developers of Final Fantasy VII Remake to restrict Tifa's chest for her new look to ensure she didn't look unnatural during action sequences. This led to her new design featuring a more athletic build and fitted clothing, rather than the more pin-up girl look she sported in the original game. With considerations like these being made, it's interesting that the cross-dressing sequence, considered by some to be either outdated or insensitive, has not been cut. The feature does note that the sequence is more modern, however, so don't expect a completely identical recreation. In the original Mm -hmm. 1997 game, Cloud, Tifa, and Aerith plan to infiltrate a Playboy's mansion in order to extract some information (laughs) on the evil Shinra company. In order to get Cloud inside the mansion, Aerith convinces him to dress as a woman so that all three of them stand a chance of being picked as the seedy Don Corneo's companion for the evening. It's portrayed oh, as Jesus it's portrayed as comedic, but in the light of 2019, it's difficult to ignore the less sensitive undertones of this area of the game. Okay, so Derek, I'm gonna fill you in on something. Never played Final Fantasy. 7. Oh man, How dare I've you? heard of this. I didn't know yes. the the, mm-hmm. the minutiae. I just I just recently know? played this on the Switch version. Cloud and drag. Oh, so yeah. okay, first and foremost, I want I want to hit some points here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tifa, I know she was a large chested broad mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, as, as my, as one of my best friends, she had like reduction. So I can only imagine seeing her in Final Fantasy VII Tifa, man, she must've been in back pain all the time. Actually, so original Final Fantasy VII, she doesn't look that bad. Um, yeah? it's really, it's funny cause it's a lot of the stuff between the original FF7 and the release that kind of exaggerated that. Um, okay. And it's really, to me, it looks more like you're bringing her back down, kind of to where... I mean, let's be real. Tifa's still very chesty in the Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy VII Remake. I mean, anybody Mm -hmm. who's seen a real woman in their workplace, on the street, anywhere in life, like, y'all know what women look like and how women are actually proportioned. Tifa's still very chesty. She just doesn't have giant inflated goofy anime beach balls stapled to her chest like i think some with, of y'all had your brains said, melted though. you know <laughs> and you don't remember how women are actually shaped uh-huh. um if you're i gotta, I gotta say this though 
Square Enix has an ethics department. I love it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, it's good. But I'm just like, who's That's hilarious. the ethics department? Because like, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, it's our moms. And, you know, they're just like, oh, no, that woman, what's wrong yeah. with her? She needs she needs layers. She's cold. Yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't what's do this without a there? sports bra? Come on. Yeah. Like, Come on. She's got no, her, her gal's got no support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah i look at tifa's design and like she looks good you know like she 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 looks better than what she she originally looked like i saw some people still upset at the design i think she looks fine i think she's she great. looks i think cute. it's the best she's ever looked agreed you yeah know, completely. i think cloud looks cute they all look yeah. cute man when you talk about anime people to me things get real weird in my yeah, head yeah, so yeah. With also, <laughs> also, like, I gotta be real, Cloud. So when they when they did the yeah. the reveal at E3 of the gameplay segment, we saw this is like the version of the game we're gonna be buying in March. Like, it's actually basically there. I'm looking at Cloud, and I'm just sitting here like, we could we could put you in drag. Like, this could work. <laughs> like, I had the same thoughts. You're there. like, you got you got some good femme twink uh-huh. energy going on. Uh-huh. Like, he's got some muscle, but he's not like a he's a real slim guy. Like, he's yeah. got some real bottom energy going on. He is not like very hunky, so he, it's not going to be difficult to put mm-hmm. him in some drag and mm-hmm. be like convincingly femmy. So, so my question here, guys, is uh, is this is this is this situation? Because we're laughing at it because it is ridiculous, right? Does this scene, though, could should it be in the game in terms of, like, is it is it out of date or do we got to have to, you know, um, as my racist uncle in Thanksgiving would say, got to just loosen up, pal? Like, is this, like, a fine scene or is this something that does cross a line? I feel like mm-hmm. I can I can kind of yeah. maybe blaze the trail here a little bit as is the, the actual like queer guy on on the show yeah. right now. Um, I don't I don't think it's a problem. Um, I think the no. devil's in the details, but there's nothing inherently insensitive about cross dressing or drag. Um, it, it it is not. Um, there there's some lines. It's been so long since I played. I'm sure there are some individual lines of dialogue that could mm-hmm. be seen as homophobic, mm-hmm. but they're sure. rewriting dialogue anyway. And reapproaching a lot of this stuff, so it's really easy for them to do. Like I just, I challenge you if you if you have an open and progressive mindset, sit and think about this scenario. Of you have the Playboy, you know, sleaze bag who's not presented as a good guy at all. Mm-hmm. He's the villain of this scenario, yeah. and you got to cross dress because you have to be the prettiest girl that that he picks so that he brings you in past security to the mansion. Like, what is actually? problematic about that there's really nothing on a on a broad level that is phobic of lgbt people in any regard it's not a commentary on transness it's not a commentary on homosexuality it's it's um it's cross-dressing you know um yeah which like you know and in that case i think it's the details i think that we need to see how they pull it off Mm -hmm. and if they make you know, a bunch of homophobic jokes or something, you know, then it might be a little more uncomfortable, but we just got to see. Yeah. For me, I don't, I don't have a problem. I think, yeah, it is in the details. I also think a lot, I I think it's just like nowadays, a lot of people are like, and it it, it is on both sides. Like everybody's uptight and they don't know. Everybody's walking like on a razor thin wire, you know, 
And for me, I look at this scene and I'm like, yeah, as long as they're just like, you know, like it, as long as you don't say anything awful, mm-hmm. go for it. I don't, I don't care. And also I know that this is a Japanese game. I know like Breath of the Wild Link did it and he looked, uh, he looked cute, you know? Uh, and it was fine. I didn't. I didn't think of like, oh man, this is awful. They didn't make any like horrible jokes doing it. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, the situation's funny because you got this big tough guy and he's gonna pick you because you look like the prettiest girl. Yeah, yeah. that's I, uh, fucking I think, great. I think. I think it's a situation. Um, if I may be so bold as to say, and this is not accusatory. If anything, I'm grateful for it. I think it's a situation of mostly straight cisgendered people. Mm-hmm. maybe seeing that this is something that gets kind of crossing the boundaries and, and, and being a little bit like non-standard in its portrayal of gender and sexuality yeah. and going, okay, a lot of this stuff has been sensitive. Do we need, like, is this going to be a problem? Like yeah. asking in like genuinely, like we we're not sure yet. And, and yeah. actually in a way I appreciate that. I've seen people turn around and be like, you know, Oh, you're too overly sensitive. And it's like, no, actually I'd rather people ask the question in good faith because they want to know. Um, but I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem. I think, uh, yeah. unless they do some, but if they do something that will fuck it up, then it will be fucked up in the details. We'll have a Catherine situation, right? Where like, it's going to be about the little lines of dialogue. It won't be the broad scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kyle, what do you think? Cause I know yeah. you, you, you both played it. So mm-hmm. go for it. Good yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's fine to have it in. Um, I, I will I will say though during the E three reveal the first thing I think I said on the watch along was like are they gonna include the, this scene because it's such a very it's a very memorable moment like in in the beginning games of Final Fantasy seven because it kind of takes you off guard like you really have also to do just this. weird it's, it's, it's so almost weird. out of place and, and <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you go from you, you know trying to find Tifa and then like you know you have to cross dress to get into this sleazeball's room and uh, the thing that i i want to see how they pull off is all the different things to make it so he does pick you like joe you don't know like you mm. have to go do like these little mini side like little collectible things like you know you have to find the dressmaker's father who's drunk at a bar and make him agree oh, to make you a dress shit. you need to get digestive and give the woman that's in the bathroom who's puking her guts out medicine in order to give you sexy cologne you have to beat uh i, I think um a, a, another cross-dressing uh male in the gym in a squatting contest you're the big bro big bro <laughs> to get a blonde wig if you don't get the blonde wig you'll get a brown wig and he won't pick you like it's very it's very mm. i want to see how they deal with that type there's of some there's definitely some homophobic elements in the, yes. the gym segment yes. and a lot of the the the, the honeybee like mm-hmm. you know so they're gonna have to reapproach some of those elements yeah. But. yeah and i mean by by the way they they address tifa uh i'm i'm not too worried yeah. that they're going to also address how those things are handled as well i trust it. final fantasy is usually pretty good about trying to be better as time goes on yeah yeah mm-hmm. so now, and, and I mean, we're going to make this podcast really, really, really long. So I, I want to just like a, a Twitter post, if anything, because there, there's even some hoopla right now going around about cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. and some transphobic and some maybe racial uh, uh, messages. Derek, I just I want to pick your brain for a second. Do yeah. you know what's happening there? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a shitstorm. It would take forever. Um, there's yeah. some elements in 2077 that are uncomfortably parallel to some classically racist 
elements. Um, yeah. But like the original creator of of the original cyberpunk board game, who is black, um, yeah. is also very very supportive of what's going on with the game. Uh, but yeah. he's also been supportive in a very like. Y'all are some inset. Y'all some snowflakes. Too mad about everything, kind of way. So like, you know, the, my my angry old man voice because he is also yeah. much older. So like, nobody's really winning in that discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's like, there's a poster of a trans woman that's mm-hmm. very sexualized and very focused, um, you know, on her genitals. And yep. she's that, like, she's very, she's like a very like attractive like femme figure. And yeah. then, like, she has a just huge bulging, bulging that would make massive women gasp on and backwards then cry. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But, but, like, trans women are so used to being um, either an object of total scorn or mm. a fetish symbol. Like, where, where they can't just be, like, they can't just be them. They have to be exotic in that way that, like, Asian women, for example, are often yeah. like exoticized and fetishized uh, to the point where they're they're disgusted by it. So yeah. it was kind of a question of trans women was like, well, this is a big switch in the other direction of of maybe this is a little chaser y. You know, you yeah. call them chasers when you have like straight guys who are obsessively and excessively interested in trans women because mm-hmm. you know they might still have their their birth genitals and that gets them really excited it's their way to experiment with sexuality while still getting to be straight um yeah and like trans women don't exist for that you know like yeah they're they're people so that's an issue they've got to deal with Uh, nobody's winning that conversation it's just a mess and it is is, because like the way i see it it was just like you know like when we're talking about cyberpunk we're talking about like we're we're talking about something we really don't know yet and we're seeing like literally a frame and like something like I'm taking for like, you know, I'm, I'm taking your word for it in some aspects yeah. because I, I don't know what, what the game actually looks like. I'm just taking what you said step by step that was happening. So like when I see the creator just go like, yeah, listen, I'm a black dude. This doesn't bother me one bit. That gives me a, a level of security, but just because it's like, just because your person of color doesn't mean you don't see the bigger picture. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, I think I think it. CD Projekt Red is actually really trying. Is what yeah. it sounds like. That's I don't think. It, like I think if do. they stumble, and there probably will be little stumbles, but if they if and where they stumble, I think it will be not out of malice, mm-hmm. um, but they will still be stumbles. And of course, the creator being a person of color doesn't mean that he can. I mean. Candace Owens exists, right? Like, you know, um, you you do have, you can have queer people who are just flagrantly wrong about queer issues. Um, What up, Milo? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, you know, um, that's where for me, it's kind of like, once once the creator stepped in, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to just back up. (laughs) I'm going to peace out. I'm going to peace out, yeah. To me, I'm just like, I need to see more, but I understand both sides. Yeah. And I think both sides have valid arguments until we see the the larger picture. What a great little conversation! This is great. This is why this is this is why having you on, goddamn, such a fucking treat. With that, awkward robot. <laughs> With that said, that. Kyle, Derek, hang on to something. Got it. Because we're preparing the drop 
each and every week. Yes, I'm still carrying on with the voice. PlayStation drops the latest and greatest games. But the problem is, the list is too long for us to say each game we're hyped for. So each and one of us have picked one game that interests us. So with that, Kyle, what is your pick from the drop? Vacation Simulator. Welcome to the Why vac- Vacation Simulator. Why? Well, I'm going to tell you what the game is first, Joe. Oh, yeah, uh, welcome to Vacation Simulator, a rough approximation of vacation inspired by real human not jobbing. Brought to you by the same robots behind Job Simulator. Reallocate your bandwidth and get ready to splash, s'more, snowball, and selfie your way to optimal relaxation. Why I'm picking this one is nope. because Job Simulator is one of the first VR experiences I had. And I just had oh, an awesome. absolute blast with it. It's it's not an intense game. You're just yeah. living the life and, and doing what these robots view humans do. And so right. this is just, you know, oh, how robots God. view relaxing humans. <laughs> or robots view relaxing humans. Like, it's just a fun, it's a dumb fun time. Uh, this yeah. is a game I do play with my nieces because they love seeing me do these adorable things in a video game. And they're like, why are you doing That's this, awesome. Uncle Kyle? Why? <laughs> why that's awesome how much is it do you know i you, don't i price? can look it up while, while we go ahead okay uh my pick is bloodstained ritual of the night um so yeah play as play as miriam an orphan scarred by the oh no you know what it is <sighs> i'm not next to the screen and now i need glasses pretty much we talked about this earlier <laughs> I can't read right now. Yeah, Castlevania game, but you're playing as Miriam. That's dope. My mom's name's Miriam. What up, mom? Shout out to you. Being the best mom you could be. There you go. I need glasses, man. I can't see anything anymore. <laughs> Derek, what's your pick? My my pick is Judgment, which I am crazy excited for. Go for From it. From the team that brought you the Yakuza series God, comes Judgment, a gritty tale of disgraced attorney Takayuki Yagami in his quest for redemption. Um... It, Judgment is the Holy Yakuza shit, team. Can we just hire you for the voice? <laughs> um, Judgment oh is the team who does the Yakuza games, which I am deeply in love with. And everybody out there who has not touched the Yakuza games should pick up Yakuza Zero as soon as they can. Um, Judgment looks to combine the Yakuza formula, which is this like pseudo open world. It's an open yeah. world, but it's a very compact and dense open like several city blocks of an area um, with beat-em-up combat and a really, really engaging story with, it looks like they're in- introducing elements that are reminiscent of, like, old, like, adventure games. Um, so, you know, the stuff where you'd have to, like, actually investigate an area, find your clues, find your objects, find your information that actually mm-hmm. allows you to uh, move into the story. Um if you're if you're into old school adventure games, think Grim Fandango. A little bit more new school, um, the kind of elements you see in stuff like L.A. Noir or Phoenix Wright. Um, nice. But yeah, Judgment it, it looks super good. Um, all I needed to know good. was it's the successor to the Yakuza series, and I was in Yakuza. Yeah. Yakuza Zero is one of the best games on the PS4, bar none, and uh, yeah. like everybody should grab it. I the, that's one series. Everybody's like, Joe, you need to play it. I'm like, okay. And I just, yeah. it's just, and as I soon have as one you do, PS Plus, right? It was PS yeah. Plus a couple months ago. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you play Yakuza Zero, like, and I really do think you should start with Zero. Um, okay. But, and play them in order, really. But um, once you do, you're going to be kicking yourself. You're going to be like, why did I wait this long? 
Um, All right, I'm I'm down. I'm down to clown for it. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I hear so like there's the a ground. lot of awesome, awesome like voice actors as well, like attached to it, like some yeah. legendary folks. Is, I forget the the Yakuza team. Now I don't know. Um, I think they're doing an English dub for Judgment. They traditionally have not with the Yakuza games recently, okay. um, because the Yakuza games are like the the biggest movie and TV actors in Japan show up to do motion capture and voice acting for these games. Um, wow. so like I, the same is true for judgment. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they did an English dub to overdo the, um, the original Japanese voice acting. Um, I'll have to look into that. I, I, yeah. I could go either way on that. All right. All right. Well, with that, that's been the drop. Uh, real you quick, actually Joe. got me interested in judgment real quick. Vacation simulator is 30 bucks. Cause oh. you asked me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all also right. before anyone comments, yeah. I realized, and I think we all realized, Crest Team Racing is also out this week. But like, yeah. you know, I, I we like these games more. That's it. So don't yeah. don't yell at us. Now, okay, but Kyle, for you, are you getting? Are you going to be getting Crash Team Racing? Eventually, I think I might, man. Eventually, I yes, think I, might. I will be getting it, but not right away. Bohotep said to go do it. Jump on in. We'll see. Who knows? I don't know. I'm. I'm <laughs> Come on, Kyle. Um, <laughs> no, like for me, I, I'm. I just need to see a review score. For me, because um, I forget who said it. God, I think Trevor Starkey said it. It was just like the game's great, but it's slower. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Ugh, that's a good that's, way to put that's it. Like I, I played yeah, it at so PAX for, East too, so yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, for me, like I have to bump up the CC on Mario Kart to like 250, or else it's too slow for me. So I really gotta take a look at that. Now, with that said, let's get into the questions. But we like to call it Andrew House's snail mail. Now you can write in via the PS Trophy Room on Twitter or the Casa de Badbit Discord. Or you can send your mail to Andrew House's house. I will then personally, every single week, fly out to Britain. Don't worry. It's like fucking mayhem over there. And, uh, like, Boris Johnson gives me, like, a secret elevator to Andrew House's house because he's just a prick. He's just, he, Boris Johnson is a real asshole. He's just there to troll anybody he can. And he gets me straight to Andrew House's house. I steal his mail, put it in my pocket, Take that express plane all the way to the great United States of America where everything's perfect. Don't just take my word for it. And Kyle, could you read me the first story since I can't read anymore? Oh, absolutely. Sorry, first question. Adam Watson writes in via Twitter and asks, what's one trophy that you earned that you often think about? Adam's is that damn 500 bounties one in Diablo 3. That memory Mm -hmm. does not bring a smile to my face. Damn. For me, it's two. Uh... The Platinum for Horizon, that's just an easy one for me because if if there was no Horizon, if I didn't love that game so much, it wouldn't be a trophy room. Mm-hmm. And the trophy that I will get one day, you're hearing it now here first, is the Platinum to Bloodborne. That's the trophy that I'll remember. It's happening, okay? I just need to beat that game one more time. One more and then beat that special Godspeed. boss at the end. Godspeed. And become a slug like I always wanted to be in my life. <laughs> Chase your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what, what, is your, what is your most memorable my, trophy? Mine's kind of boring because it's not from games that it. most people think about when it comes to trophies. It's a it's an MLB The Show trophy. Um, it is. I was the 11th in the world to platinum MLB yeah. 17, I think. Um but like 11. there there was one on the Vita version, I forgot the year. 
where it was called fence post, where you had to okay. score only one run in every inning of the game. If you scored more than one, it it doesn't count. Um, so the, there was a point like where I would get up to the ninth inning, and I would just put the controller down after I scored the run, and then the computer would walk and walk bases loaded, and then would walk in the no. winning r- another run to make it two in the ninth inning. Because and they would have knew. to restart the whole damn game over. It took me like weeks to get that one down. Oh so God. that is one that sticks with me. I don't know if it's worth it, but you know what? I had fun doing it. I love the <laughs> no, show dude, so that, much. Dude, the, I love it because they're just like, no, we fucking know what you're yeah, up exactly. to. Exactly. We know what you're up to. <laughs> Derek, what's a trophy and or achievement? I'll give you a way out that, that you most remember. So this is going to be really anticlimactic because Go I personally don't really sweat trophies and achievements. Mm. I'm really happy right. the systems yeah. are there because I got a lot of friends who are like deeply invested in like, oh, you know, I just got the platinum on, on, uh, yeah, actually I got a buddy who just got the platinum on Bloodborne, um, you know, as an example, um, you know, and, and like, I, you know, I just never really sweated them too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't sweat them, um, not being on Nintendo systems for the most part. Um, I never even noticed that Steam had achievements. For oh, the most dude, part. Steam achievements like, are a joke. Exactly, because yeah. they're a joke. But but like, um, just like PC gaming, bam, done. Oh, <laughs> that's, but that's not a knock against the trophy system. Yeah. Um, like, so people are obviously very deeply invested. It just it's not the kind of thing that appeals to me. I don't mm. I don't I don't care if I'm not okay. getting an in-game thing for it. Then I don't care. They should be too. They really should be. The next question comes from the Winter Gamer. Kyle, would you like to read this for me? Will we ever get games on PlayStation that will keep its value like Nintendo games, especially with first-party games because of their high quality, or are we going to keep seeing games like Spider-Man and God of War go down to a third of the release cost? So I can actually so, speak to this very yes. specifically. If you're yeah, curious. I was about to say, Derek, you used to work yeah. for Nintendo America. I used to work for Nintendo America. I used to be involved in retail marketing. Um, so... Here's here's the deal, definitively. Um, if you want to know why Nintendo games keep their like value over time, why they keep being priced at sixty bucks, it's because nobody trades in Nintendo games. Like first party Nintendo games, you don't find pre-owned copies of that mm-hmm. on yeah. shelves because people are buying it and then not trading it in. When there's not much, when there's no alternative. Right, if all that's on the, the, the street are new copies and a very limited number of pre owned copies, there's no reason for Nintendo and people keep buying it new, which yeah. happens with a lot of Nintendo's titles, they have no reason to ever bring the price down. Um, yeah. On top of that, Nintendo games tend to sell historically, they sell over time, they get these monstrous, monstrous you know, sales numbers, but it happens over several years. I mean, I remember when, yeah. like, New Super Mario Brothers on the Wii was was selling, you know, years and years. Mario Kart Wii mm-hmm. uh, is another one that was, like, years after its release was still selling millions of copies a year. Um, yeah. Now... I mean, that's why you see Splatoon. They have all these annual updates. I know they just uh, stopped, but, like, they had so many, like, monthly updates of, like, here's a new yeah. weapon, here's this, here's that, because it's all about people coming in over time. I know so yeah. many people who did not buy Splatoon on day one, but they bought it, you know, month six, year six, or sorry, yeah. year two, you know? I think I think it's I think it's a Nintendo culture thing, broadly. Like, people want to hold on, because Nintendo's been around for so long, and these franchises yeah. have been around for so long. People get them, and then they want to hold on to them for the same reason they wanted to hold on to their Super Nintendo games back in the day. Um, 
But then on top of that, with, with PlayStation and Xbox and, and almost all the rest of gaming, most sales are very front-loaded. God of War yeah. sold most of what it was going to sell violently and explosively in that first <laughs> couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just not how Nintendo games work. So, like, God of War is done after it's been out a couple months. You know, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to keep selling for the next five years and it'll never drop mm-hmm. in price. And that's okay. Now, I think, yeah. I think, though, with the introduction of digital, here's another qu- question for you. Um, I think we're going to see, or you know, with the next generation and, and things like backwards compatibility, here's where I'm going with it, Brain. Yeah. Um, you're going to see that price, though, I think plateau, right? Wouldn't you say? Like, maybe we're going to see games that, like, stop at, like, 1999. Like, you're going to see, like, you're never going to see God of War below that marker. Right? I, think, I think backwards compatibility helps, with that, mm-hmm. uh, because they stay in demand longer. Um, mm-hmm. If PS3 games, if PS4 had been backwards compatible with PS3 games, you would have seen more people a couple years after the PS3 was phased out still willing to go look for PS3 games. Because like your your used game market in physical big box stores, which is still how people prefer to do their used games. Most people yeah. don't want to go on eBay for a copy unless mm-hmm. it's like a rare title. Um, but like, if people aren't looking for a game and people aren't buying a game, then the price plummets. So I think mm-hmm. that's part of it. The other thing is like, let's be real. If if you're not on Sony's board of directors, you don't really need to be worried about the value long term of the game. It's not an investment for you. Um, yeah. You should buy it because you love it. Um, you should love it for the price that you paid for it. Um, you know, if it was a good price for for how much enjoyment you felt like you got out of it. Um, and you shouldn't see God of War. I think people tend to see something like God of War, Spider-Man dropping to 30 bucks. And then they, they feel upset that, right. You know, that, that there are other people either a, that there are other people who are getting in cheaper than they did, which like, that's what it means to be an early adopter, but you still enjoyed the game or B, they feel like it means the game is like worth less. And, Mm -hmm. and maybe it is in, in, in terms of like a monetary monetary format, but that, yeah. that doesn't mean anything in terms of what the game is yeah, worth like to you. We bought uh, Spider-Man for, for, what is it, like 150 right, for that statue? Yeah. yeah. It's worth it to me. Like, I always talk about, like, games like Red Dead Redemption. I, I would buy that game for 300 bucks. I love it so much. The if, original. If Spider-Man was still worth $60 in stores right now, what would that do to benefit the people who bought Spider-Man and played it and enjoyed it? Yeah. Like, uh, other than, unless it's because you want to trade it in and get more money out of it, but, like, that's the problem, is everyone wants to trade those games in, and nobody wants to trade in their copy of Pokemon, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, like... Yeah. For me, I, I think of, like, the kids who can't afford a $60 game, and yeah. so ba- are, are huge Spider-Man fans, or have heard how great God of War is, yeah. now finally getting a chance to pick them up, and can if pick anything, them both up better. for them, yeah. and that, that's what gets me excited. I, I want as many people to experience what I consider two of the best games of this generation, if not all time for me so like yeah it's many people that want to play the game i'm all about now the most famous Seamus i've ever met in my entire life and you could put that on the record ask this question with bloodstained ritual of the night releasing to high praises for a crowdfunded game what are some of your favorite crowdfunded games can they be games uh, you helped fund or games you wish you helped fund now this is a great question before the show derek you and i were talking about you funded uh this game for 60 yeah. bucks, right? I backed Bloodstained. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, yeah. You know, I know that, that it can be iffy sometimes with Kickstarter games. Like, I backed Mighty Ukulele, and I was not as happy with that. 
Like, yeah. I, I wasn't as down on it as a lot of people, but like, yeah. but then like Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight was amazing. Shovel Knight is like the gift that keeps on giving. So, um, <laughs> you know, if we're allowed to talk board games, the Dark Souls board game was a pretty good investment. I feel Dude, like. is it really? Yeah, I liked it. I, I like <sighs> playing it. Um, I'm waiting on the next wave of expansion stuff to come that okay. I paid for. I, I, I dropped big on that board game. Yeah. Um, and then just recently we had the Kickstarter for our type final two, which mm. I'm big. I'm a big R type fan. I loved our type final. Um, and I backed that game and I, it got funded and I'm really hoping that I don't get screwed on that one in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, I don't crowdfund anything, man. I I'm a college student still, so I can't, I can't feel toss it, in any feel of the it. big books, bucks. Yeah. yeah. I haven't crowd- is there any game you've- I haven't crowdfunded any games. Uh, I mm-hmm. crowd. I, I helped kickstart our mutual friend's pin uh, little business thing she's oh, making. Right. Yeah, um, Kelsey's pin. Yeah. But as far as like games, I wish I helped fund. It is Bloodstain. Like I've always, like I, I was interested in that type of game, and I knew what he, the the lineage of of Iga, and like I wanted mm-hmm. to contribute to it, and you know, not yeah. I'm being broke all the time doesn't help. Um, <laughs> dude it never does for well, me either and, and it's one yeah. thing like where now I am more in tune to look at the kickstarters and look at all these crowdfunding yeah. sites and see what's yeah. there because there's a p- bunch of games there um, like last, last week at E3 the, the skatebird game that was on the kind of funny game showcase dope uh, skateboarding dope. Tony Hawk game with uh, you know a bird and it's Pitching that's being crowdfunded I might up. back that if I, if I have some money up. yeah actually I just remembered I crowdfunded uh uh, the Chicken Wiggle HD remake that's coming out. Okay. So that looks really good. I like the art style a lot. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and with that, let me see if I got one more on Twitter. Um, we got one more on the doc there, Joe. Oh, do we really? We do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Because it's on, like, the final page. Nathan writes in, Now that we can reflect on E3 being a week out, what should the strategy that Sony uses for the rest of this generation? Is there anything they can do to have the PlayStation outperform uh, the PS2? It should pass the PS1 soon. I don't think it's passing the PS2. No. There's just no way, right? But it's more well, it's more profitable for them, right? We've heard because PS4 <laughs> is, is on top of the fact that, like, if you're concerned about Sony doing well, uh, PS4, they're selling online subscriptions. Yep. Uh, they're selling more games to the mm-hmm. average PlayStation 4 owner than they did to the average PlayStation 2 owner. PS, um, PS Now, right? Yeah, PS Now. So, like, they're, they're services, and they're selling more games and accessories than they used to. Like, Sony's doing fine. And yeah. it's yeah. they don't need to beat PS2. Like, if you're... they Sony's still got that number one spot, if that's what you're concerned about. Like, yeah. they don't need it, to beat their own number. It's good. It, yeah, <laughs> and I think we're going to... This generation is going to teach us to get out of that mindset as we move to the platform. Yeah. Uh, like you're looking at Xbox. Xbox is the most profitable that company's ever been under Phil Spencer. And guess what? It's it's selling. It, it's I mean, if you want to look at it, it's underperformed theoretically. If we're just talking raw numbers than the 360, right? By like half. But they're making the most money they ever sold. had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's about Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, Xbox Live, right? Like it's about all those recurring fees that they get you know, over time with. So yeah, no, I don't I don't think so. Kyle, anything you have to say, Seth? I think uh, on the other side of the coin there, um, as far as getting Sony into the mind of everyone else, like I think the state of plays are are good. I think having that continue throughout this gen and or or, or at least until next E3, because I can assume they're going to be back next year. um, I think that's a good strategy to to keep dropping every other month. Like, hey, here's some Sony news, you know, like just all compiled in one thing. 
Um, fingers crossed that they're going to announce PSX this year because I so badly want to go back. Uh, We're going. Surely. Yeah, surely. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, I think Sony's killing it, so they don't need to worry. Yeah, they don't need to worry. Don't worry about it. Again, PS2, that's such a mythical number. Yeah. It's fine. You know, unless there's a new form of media that Sony catches on quick to, it's not going to hit that number. But yeah, we don't need to stress it. It's going to sell freaking awesome. PlayStation 4 has been, uh, you know, as this generation goes on, has been one of my favorite consoles of just all time. And I, I, I thought this generation started out pretty weak and it's ended with such a big bang that it is. Oh, just so freaking It's good. not over yet, either. It's yeah. not over yet. We still got The Last of Us. Yeah. Still got Last Cyberpunk. of Us. Still got Ghost, Ghost of Tsushima Ghost, that people Death are, Stranding. Uh, I think, underwriting. Death Stranding. Death Stranding, I think people Dude. are overwriting, but that's for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that game is. I'm buying a baby edition, you know? Yeah. I'm buying a literal little baby in a goddamn suitcase. I'm Jesus not going to be hard to explain to people. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be impossible. And the mom walks in. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Um, with that. That's the end of the show. Yeah, <laughs> it's been such a hectic week for me here, man. I've just been all scattered brained. Um, guys, let's plug, 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 and get the hell out of here. Yeah, starting with you, Derek. Where can they find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and on Twitch at Derek of the Dykes. Um, you can also find me at SDGC, which is on most platforms as official SDGC. That's super deformed games cast SDGC. Um, we do. I stream kind of casually, and my Twitter account is less directly focused on gaming news and is more personal. Um, mm-hmm. The show itself at SDGC is focused on um, we're more hard industry news um, yep. than like game impressions, and we try to take a very openly uh, progressive, very openly inviting kind of atmosphere and take on most news. Uh, you know, very pro union and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, you can you can follow me in all those various places. Awesome. Thank you so much, Derek, for coming, yes, by the way. So yeah, thanks you for having me, guys. Fantastic. And I couldn't I ask try. for anybody better, man. Thank you so much. Kyle, where can they find you, good sir? You can find me on Twitter at WhodatNinja73 and on PSN, so send me those friend requests. You can find my show all about the kind of funny community called Best Friends Talk Funny on Twitter at BFS Talk Funny and wherever you listen to podcast services. And then my final uh, thing is Dollar Slice Podcast, which is a kind of NYC uh, show where we just talk about all the nerdy things that we love. And you can find that on Twitter at Dollar Slice Pod. Kyle, you're doing so much nowadays, you know? I'm doing too much, some might say. <laughs> you know what? I'm about to say too much right here. You can follow me at Mr. Badbit. You can follow the show at PS Trophy Room on Twitter. You can find the show on YouTube.com, not slash Badbit Games. Look it up on the search uh, where we talk about all things PlayStation and games. And you can find the podcast on RSS feeds around the globe, whether that's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Spotify. We're on everything. So you could go find us there. And so with all that said, and with all that out of the way, everybody keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation.